scored has won the million and he will stay. Yes, this race is really up. The jockeys' bottoms are in the air, which is the way that jockeys ride horses. Bottoms high. That's the way to go, boys. Bottoms high. It is Grab the onions and cook yourself some fajitas, cause I'll tell you, grandma's come home to roost. What a cock-a-doodle-doo. What a hibbity-dibbity-jibbity-jibbity. Hip-hip-hooray. Go America. Yeah. Delighted to say that I am once again joined by the multiple champion trainer, Aidan O'Brien. Aidan, welcome back to the show. How are you, Amish? I'm in good form, thank God. And hopefully you are too, as I know that you're in Keeneland uh, and getting set for the Breeders' Cup. You're the man who holds the record for international winners. Um, no trainer actually comes close to you. 18 wins and $27 million in prize money. That's more than double that of fellow European trainers. I know the Breeders' Cup means a lot to you, and there's three victories that really stand out to me, if you don't mind me taking you back just briefly. Johannesburg winning the Juvenile in the shadow of 9-11 in New York. High Chaparral because he won back-to-back Breeders' Cup's turfs. And St. Nicholas Abbey because that was you and Joseph becoming the first father and son duo to win a Breeders' Cup race. Just how important is the Breeders' Cup to you and what do those memories mean to you? Yeah, no, sure. Obviously, they're all special days. I mean, it's very competitive racing and uh, obviously it brings all the horses from all over the world together, really. Um, it's it's a great week out here. They put on a great show and Breeders' Cup Cup run a, a great, uh, it's a great organisation. Um, but I, I think it's, 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 it's for us, it's great to have horses to be able to compete, really. And and uh, like all those days, like you said, um, for very special days, really. And the horses are out of quarantine, and it's a little bit different because when it comes to Royal Ascot, the horses wake up at Ballydoyle, fly over, and then they go to bed at Ballydoyle again. Whereas for the Breeders' Cup, obviously, they have to be over there for the week. How have they all taken the journey? Good, uh, yeah, all good. They, were, they spent two days in quarantine and they were on the track today for the first day and they just did a gentle canter. Uh, all seemed very well. Um, everybody seemed very happy with them. Pat was very happy the way they travelled over and, and everyone went with them all seemed happy. So it, it's so far so good, really, Emmett. You've got a strong team uh, led by your first runner, Meditate, in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. She's drawn in stall 10, uh, trying a mile for the first time, but Looks as though she'll get that standing on her head. She is a high-class juvenile filly and a very exciting prospect. And to me, she's going to take the world of beating. How has she come out of the Cheveley Park, where she ran an absolute blinder there, uh, beating just three-quarters of a length behind Lazoo, and probably was feeling the effects of her run on Irish Champions Weekend? How is she ahead of the juvenile filly's turf? Yeah, no, she's good. Um, obviously, maybe the, the, um, the, the seven furlongs in the very soft ground at the car. It might have taken a little bit of the edge off her for the Chivley Park, but she came out race very well, and uh, we've given her a chance every single day to back out of the, this race um, because she's had a long, hard season. And unusually, for a two-year-old filly this time of the year, she's not clipped. Her coat is tight still, and she seems very well in herself. So we just thought it was a, 
a good um it was a nice opportunity to learn a little bit about more about her for next year. Obviously it's as far as she's ever gone. And uh um no, she's in good form, Emmett, so it's gonna be interesting really. And the no net evers have thrived for you this season with Little Big Bear, Blackbeard, and of course Meditate being a, a firm member of that as well. Uh, in terms of stall ten, how do you feel about the draw? We we think she's fairly she's usually a very sharp, quick breaker and and tactically it's very quick early usually. So um, we think that will be a help uh, to her. Obviously, like you said, she's by known in Ever, who has been a phenomenal uh, this year, really, what he has done with his two-year-old. Um, but she's out of a, I think, uh, a Dalakani, uh, Agakan mayor. So right. we, we think there's enough stamp in her pedigree to help to help her stay. Um, no, but we, we think the stall should be okay, even though you might prefer a little bit lower, but she's tactically usually fairly quick from the gate. I think she's going to take an awful lot of beating and that three to one, I suspect, is going to come under more pressure. Uh, a horse who's definitely well drawn is your runner as you finalised your team. Cairo came out. Uh, Victoria Road is going to be your runner in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf and he's been steadily improving all the time. He took his maiden uh, my local track in Goran, a place you know very well. Uh, Deauville, he won a listed race and then was victorious in Group 3 company last time out. Uh, he's going to come out of stall one. Was the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf always the plan for Victoria Road? Yeah, it was always possible. He's obviously by Saxon Warrior, who has had three group winners uh, already this year from his first crop. Um, but he's, he's, he's very quick on his damn side and we, we thought that he would be a, a quicker horse, uh, really, I suppose. like we, That's why we kept him at five and six for a good while. And it's really only when, uh, and listen, while we were happy with his runs, we were a bit disappointed with him in comparison to what he was doing at home. But it's only when we stepped him up in trip, he started to really get together. Um, we were delighted on the last day when he won a group race in Shanti uh, over nine furlongs, I think. And Ryan rode him patiently that day and, and he quickened up very well to, to win. So obviously, the, maybe the stamina is coming from Saxon Warriors with quite deep impact, obviously, who nearly got two miles. So, um, but from a very fast uh, family, he's, not a big horse, he's nimble and he has that tactical speed able to run in five and six furlong races. So we think that should stand him in good stead, hopefully. Currently a six to one shot and second favourite, and I think he's a very, very exciting prospect. Uh, we'll move on to Saturday. Uh, you're going to obviously be involved in, in both days and in the Makers Mark Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare Turf. Coolmore are very strongly represented, and so are you. You've got Tuesday with Ryan Moore back on board after a fine run on Arc Weekend and Toy as well. Uh, and Tuesday is obviously the one to go for. She's the Oaks winner. She had run very, very well in group races and classic company prior to that. And based on that form, and indeed her form on Arc Weekend, and particularly that second to Alpinista in the Yorkshire Oaks, she would be very, very hard to beat here if back to her best. And this race should suit her. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we're very happy with her. We're very happy with her since the last day. The last day in, in um, Longchamp, the ground got very soft, as everyone knew, and she was drawn wide, and she had to go forward to get a position. Uh, my, in the ground, it might have told a little bit late. Um, but she's a filly with second, obviously, one in Oaks and third in the Guineas. So she's not stuck to the ground and should prefer better ground and the trip should suit her as well. So we're very happy with her training since the last day. Her training has stepped up and has got more severe and, and uh, we think that she has taken it with a smile on her face. So we're looking forward to seeing her run, really. And Ryan would have had the choice and he chose above the curve on Arc Weekend. Uh, they're similarly drawn. Above the curve is going to come out of four. Tuesday is coming out of five. But he has chosen to go back on, on board Tuesday. Johnny Velasquez will be on board your son's horse. That must be a nice bonus as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. And listen, I suppose Ryan thought maybe 
uh, yesterday was drawn, or Tuesday was drawn a little bit too wide in, in uh, the arc uh, race, um, in the in the, the Phillies race arc weekend. And uh, and that and the heavy ground wasn't uh, in her favour. Um, Joseph Philly finished in front of her that day, and she's a big filly, and Joseph Philly will, will obviously improve more uh, with time as well. So I think that's why Ryan said with this filly today, it was a tight call the last day, and he was nearly riding uh, Tuesday the last day. So, um, But obviously he decided to stick with her this time. And Toy has got some very smart form to her name, finishing second, narrowly beaten in the Irish Oaks. Um, she was a real standout last time out in listed company, and her pedigree is just to die for. She's a, a full to um, Glen Eagles, Marvellous, Happily, Joan of Arc, Taj Mahal, Vatican City, Coolmore. Uh, she's going to be a, a very, very interesting runner here as well. Back into grade one company, how do you think she'll fare? Yeah, no, we're very happy with her overall. So she ran in Nace, and it was just a, a first run back in a long time because she came back from Germany kind of very sore, both front feet. She lost both her shoes, and uh, and it was just a bit of a non-event for her. So it took a good while to get her back. She was just ready to start in Nace, um, and uh, we were delighted with her that she won. Um, but if she was going to run here, she had to have the run, and she did. But she's made great progress since then, we think. She's improved a lot since Nace. Uh, we think the track and the trip and the draw and all those things will suit her. Um, and uh, we think and hope that uh, we should see a very good run from her also. Tuesday would definitely be my pick, but I think it would be silly to sleep on Toy. And her preparation kind of reminds me a little bit of Long Cress. It was a similar enough race that she prepped in and then she ran that, that Stormer to be second in the race at, at a wild price. So she definitely has a chance, Aiden. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and like you said, she has the pedigree and, and her work really has stepped up since May, so which you would like to see. And and uh, no, there's absolutely no doubt about that, Amos. Van Duel Breeders' Cup Mile. Uh, we've got a former winner of the race in Order of Australia. Last time he ran a cracker at Keeneland under Christoph Sumion. Ryan, of course, back on board. Drawn in stall 10. When things fall right for him, he's deadly. But it's been a little bit tricky for him uh, at times. How has his preparation been going and how is he doing physically? No, very good. I was very happy with him, and everything this year has been geared towards this race. Um, and that's why he went to Keeneland the last day. We were very happy with him, and uh, we think that his, his work has stepped up since Keeneland, and, and uh, he, he seems to be in great form at the moment. Uh, obviously, he, he won the race two years ago, and then he got injured last year. And uh, so we've been taking him back gently, and we've been very conscious of the of the fact that he was off and he had the injury. So it has been slowly winding up, and. Uh, and uh, he's been in full swing the last uh, three weeks, and uh, we're very happy with what we're seeing, and he's doing at home. And that sighter of Keeneland last time out will give you great confidence, because he did run really well for Christoph that day. I mean, he's only beaten a length and a half. Uh, he's run terrifically well in the Prix de Moulin two years in a row. Um, when it's there, when it when he clicks, he really clicks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, he's a very good horse. There's no doubt about that. And and like we had to be conscious of his injury, and that we had to be conscious of, that we had Ryan eye on this race all season. So and and that's what we kept focus on. And uh, we had to make sure not to turn the screw too tight too early. Um, and uh, that's what we think and hope that we try to do. And he's the second highest money earner for Australia. The highest money earner for him is his stable companion, who'll be running in the Breeders' Cup turf, and that's Broom who ran a, a monster of a race last year, only just beaten in the race, um, has gone on to win at Royal Ascot since. Been a little bit hit and miss since then. And then Stone Age, who has been to America already where things didn't quite work out well, but 
was tremendous on Irish Champions Weekend, only just beaten by Luxembourg two and three quarter lengths, and then ran a huge race um, just behind Baybridge and Baid in um, in the Champion Stakes. Uh, how have both horses taken the trip to America? Yeah, both seem to be well. Uh, Broom has come out of his last race very well. Um, again, we, we had our eye on this race a little bit uh, through the second half of the season. First one was Ascot, and this was the second one because he ran so well in the Breeders' Cup last year. Uh, he's a horse that handles ease in the ground, but we always felt nice ground, flat track is, is his thing, really. And like we saw what happened last year, he ran a stormer. And he's in very good form. He's a, a nice draw. He can be a little bit slow to step away from the stalls and that's a little bit of his, his uh, Achilles heel. Uh, so hopefully if he doesn't miss that length or two from the stall, uh, he, he should get a lovely position and uh, we're very happy with him. And uh, then I suppose Stone Age is very well. We were delighted with his run the last day. Uh, he ran in America a few times early on and maybe just felt the trips were a little bit tight that we were running them over. Um, but his, la- his last run in, in the Champions Stakes was a great run in bad ground. Uh, he's in very good form. Uh, his work has been good. And uh, no, we're uh, looking forward to him running also. And in terms of the tactics, so obviously Broom goes forward, Stone Age is very good going forward as well. Is it a case of just let them both bowl along? I think so. Hopefully Broom will go forward. But like I said, he's drawn in there and sometimes he can miss it a beast. And if he did, if he does, he has to sit and suffer and, and uh, then ride the race as, as he finds. Um, and obviously uh, Broom, um, Stone Age is very... He's tactically quick and he's very happy to be followed, but he's very happy if Broom is, is in front of the lead and he'd be very happy to get a lead. And if not, he'd be very happy to be followed himself, I would imagine. And great that you have Irad Ortiz Jr. on board as well, again, after that second place last year with Ryan choosing Stone Edge. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, Irad gave him an incredible ride last year and he couldn't believe that he got beat. Um, so listen, he knows the horse well and we're very happy with the horse. So, um, yeah, no, look, looking forward to seeing both, really. And of all the horses that you're sending out over the two days at Keeneland, who would you be disappointed if you didn't come away with a gold medal with? Uh, I, listen, you never expect to come away with a gold medal with anything, really. Uh, you try your best and do all you can and make all the moves and try all the things for the different horses that might suit them. And uh, and then you just hope, really, because there's so many variables that you can't control and there's so many decisions that you make probably won't be the right ones and, and the majority of them will be the wrong ones when you look back. But you make them at the time thinking that it's the right thing to do. Um, but obviously you don't have the benefit of hindsight. So the reality is to try to have the horses as well as you can and do the little things that you think that might help them on the day and change things from what you did before and... Uh, and then hope. That's all you can do, Amos, really. It, it, that's, uh, it, it's very complicated, really, and it's not simple, it's not straightforward, and uh, there is no law. So uh, really, we'd be delighted if they run well, and, and if any of them win, like, we'd be over the moon, really. Well, it's not simple, but you make it look simple with that record of, of winners so far. Uh, I'm very confident that you'll be adding to the 18. Just with a view to next year, Aiden, has a decision been made on Luxembourg? Yeah. Is he coming back in training? Yes, that's the plan. Uh, Emma, he was just very sore after the arc. He pulled the muscles on his right side into, into the rib cage up to his hip. And uh, Ryan thinks it could have happened coming out of the stalls in the very heavy ground. He was trained very hard for the Irish champion. And uh, and uh, maybe he was maybe a little leaner than I should have had him. And that often happens when that is the case. Um, so, um, listen, considering he ran an unbelievable race, um, and uh, he's a horse we're really looking forward to next year.
He's going to be a monster next year. Already a Group 1 winner at 2 and 3 and very excited about seeing him back as a four-year-old. Aidan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the show. Really appreciate your time live from America and the very best of luck to you for both days of the Breeders' Cup 2022. Yeah, really appreciate that, Emma. Thanks very much. And thank you for joining us. If you like this, a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app is much appreciated. Remember to like and share on whatever the social media platforms that you're listening to is on are as well. We've got a full preview of the Breeders' Cup coming for you with the Don, Barry Faulkner, and our international correspondent, Naomi Tucker. We're recording that on Thursday. We've got loads of gravy lined up for you. That's going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. And Andy Richmond is here as well on Thursday as we preview the jumps action. So the best of both worlds coming at you on the Final Furlong podcast this Thursday. Be safe, be well. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Irish Interjockeys raises much-needed funds and increases awareness of the requirements for public funding to provide for our injured jockeys. The Irish Interjockeys Fund works with individual cases and also supports the Jockeys Emergency Fund, the Drada Memorial Fund and the Irish Jockeys Trust. With the nature of horse racing posing such a high risk to our jockeys on a daily basis, it's essential that we have a public fundraising vehicle in place through which we can raise much-needed funds on a regular and consistent basis. To show your support and find out the different ways you can help, log on to irishinjuredjockeys.com.